to the RunnerX podcast, where we talk about all things running. As many runners know, it's 90% mental. So join Coach Valerie and Coach Caroline as we go through the mental side of running. Welcome back to the RunnerX podcast. I'm your host, Coach Caroline. I'm here with Coach Valerie, and we're having this great conversation about effort and effortless and making things complicated. Um, and I made the comment that just before you were about to say something before I started the podcast, before I started the recording, I was saying that we, we seem to think that it has to be hard. So what were you going to... No, I say the same thing. Like the, the conversation is really centered around that when we follow a training plan, for example, and it tells us to run so many miles, right? right. And we get out there and it's said to run 10 miles and some of them run those 10 miles. And someone had given us feedback that they went out to run 10 miles, they felt great for seven, but then everything just kind of fell apart. Right. And so what's our response as a coach is for their next run, not to send them out to run 11 miles, Right. but how about let's run three to five miles, really high quality, and let's figure out what happened in your movement for that to happen. For, the, for, for you, because you know, her legs got heavy and tired, Felt very fatigued. Well, and I let's. I want to talk about that, but I also want to back it up because that's what makes RunnerX different. That's right. what makes you and I and our combination of, of our how we think different from any other coaching program that I've ever seen. Because my first thought was, she said, "Ugh, I'm going to have to run 11 or 12 miles. I'm not right. going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to do it because I could only do seven miles." Do you guys hear that thought that is now cutting her off? from the result that she wants, which is to be able to run the 12 miles, is to be able to run it effortlessly. So my first thing was, ooh, the thoughts. What is your thought? And then what was the thought that was running through her head that made her think, I have to do 10? I have to sh painfully get those last three miles out or somehow, because I'm, she's not here, so I'm just going to extrapolate that. Could, was she thinking that if I don't do the 10, then I'll not be able to do the 13? Or is she thinking... Um, I have to hit something on my plan to say that I did the training. Like, is she checking a box? And those are thoughts that don't serve us when we're trying to meet a goal or when we're trying to meet a goal without injury, right? And to be able to make this, I keep telling people, this is not a seasonal sport. It's a lifetime sport. There are no off seasons, right? You don't get, you don't train, you don't do it from what, August to February and then get from February to August off like you do in football, let's say, right? It's not like that. You do this year round. So for for me, from a mindset perspective, perspective, I would have said, like, why didn't you just stop and walk back to the car or say, I'm going to wait here. You bring me back or whatever. I don't know how far she was from her car. Maybe she was three miles from her car. And well, I had to walk back to the car. Well, then why didn't you just walk? Why didn't you just change the movement? Well, or really like that, too. But to think about this, it, it, first of all, I always want to say before you take on something like a distance race, okay, have you met the minimum baselines? Okay. Like why sign up for a half marathon if you're not yet at a 10K really comfortable? Right. Right. That makes sense. Why am I signing up for a full marathon when I haven't yet done like maybe five to 10 halves <laughs> and really felt what that felt like? Right. You know? So there, you know, two things. One is I don't want anyone to have a negative mindset on running, obviously. And so if she got to seven and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel good, stop running. Yeah. And just, especially with us, because we're teaching you the elements of well, running. Well, especially in your training. Well, no, 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 right. But also 
if you feel like this doesn't feel good, start letting yourself be okay with resetting. Yeah. Like just have that first thought. Because if you reset in your practice, more than likely you're not going to have to reset in your run. That makes a good point. And that, that's the important thing. And when I say reset, also like Caroline has said effortless several times, we really want to make sure you guys understand that we recognize that running is hard. <laughs> running is the hardest thing. I mean, yeah. you're using your body, you're on your body weight, there's balance, there's coordination, there's cardio, there's so much going on. So effortless is what we mean by that, is when you really learn to run and use gravity and muscle elasticity, the effort is not in the actual foot. Right. You're using like 10% active muscle contraction. It's 2% of your body weight, but it's still you on your body. Well, right? and I feel like it's effortless compared to what we've been taught or what okay. we've been doing. And, and that's a great way to say it. So that they had, so that you guys, because I had someone go through RunRx and she said, it's still hard. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still breathing really heavy. And I'm like, well, good, because you're still running and running is cardio. Yeah. The idea though is that if you're feeling like my leg is hurting. My my, I have pain. My legs are heavy. My legs are heavy. I can't. I, I just can't really seem to stay in my rhythm. Well, most people, what do they do? They stop and they walk. Yeah. Right. Which is also a great form of yeah. reset. What I want you to do is stop moving altogether and completely reset back into running. You're not. There's a fall you're missing. Or if you can, find a fall point. What I wanted to hear from her is what did she do to try to get back to how it felt good before? Okay. Right. Because if and that's really what we're teaching guys with our running is that running should always feel like running. Yeah. Whether you're running fast or slow, you're still falling and the foot is a, it's a nice little tap rebound feeling. And that's the goal is to be able to feel that feeling. Now I'm going to ask a question because I've had this happen to me in my running before where you're talking with a friend, right? You're just talking, you're laughing, you're going along your way. So you're not thinking about your running. So you're probably not falling. You're probably reaching. You're probably back on your heels without realizing it. But it didn't, it wasn't until you'd done seven miles of that, <laughs> yeah. that your body said, okay, enough. You're really, you're hurting me. So could it also be that not in this case, but maybe in other cases where you think you're running correctly because you didn't because you were able to talk, because you were laughing, yeah. because you didn't think about, because you weren't thinking about running. So because it was so fun, because it was so uh, enjoyable, yeah. right? It's not that it was effortless. You thought it was effortless because you were talking through it. But doesn't that mean that in fact I wasn't possibly running with technique? Because if I can talk, I'm not actually falling enough, <laughs> right? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Like we used to say to people, you should be able to say, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. You really shouldn't be able to tell a story. Right. Right. I mean, the reality of what is running? Running is free falling, and the connection that you have with gravity and using your body weight and like I said, all the stuff going on. Ideally, you should be running without wanting to talk. Right. And, and that's important. So to understand that, does that mean you can never go wrong with your friend? No. I think I feel like we, you know, we do this a lot. But to to realize that. If I can if I can coordinate my my falling with my breathing with my pull, it's like a symphony. Like yeah, you are really connected with running, and that's when running feels really good. And by the way, when you watch like elite athletes, they they DNF all the time. Like for them, if they're not feeling it and they think I'm not going to finish and win any prizes, right? They don't finish. Yeah, because they know the right. recovery it takes from damage is way worse. And that's kind of what I want to get across is this idea that they DNF a, a race, right. right? That goes, like, 
if you want to, it doesn't penalize them, but I mean, it's like out there on your permanent record, yeah. right? You have a DNF <laughs> on your permanent record. But these people, or myself included, I used to train with people all the time that would be like, I have to do this, I have to do this. And I, in my question, before I even met you, obviously we were meant to be, um, but, but I kept saying, live to run another day. Why are you going to put yourself through this and injure yourself further just to check a box? Right. And so what would you, let's get back to now to our member, because I'm, again, I'm totally extrapolated. She, I've not talked to her at all. I have no idea what she was thinking. She might've not been able to talk the whole time because she was running so brilliantly and had fantastic technique, great cadence. Everything was there. It just fell off, happened to fall off the wheels at seven miles. So yeah, this is just my making up a story of what I remember going through when I was running. So what would you say to her now? Now she's got that 12 mile ice. I'm saying change your thought process first, right off the bat. Stop thinking, ugh, I gotta run. I gotta do 12. I've got, you know, stop thinking about checking the box. Stop thinking about it. It's it, stop assuming it's gonna be bad because that's gonna be the result you get. As soon as you think it's gonna be bad, boom, there you go. That's your result. It's it, think of, I think of a um, great book by Wayne Dyer called The Power of Intention. And he described your thoughts and the universe as a two-year-old. So when you yell at a two-year-old, don't run with scissors, the kid thinks, run with scissors, <laughs> right? It doesn't get the whole thing you're saying. So when you say, say oh, I'm not going to be able to do it, your, your, the universe goes, okay, don't do it. You know, you're not going to be right. able to do it. it. It takes like that last little part. Like, I don't want to get sick. Okay, get sick. Right. <laughs> you know, so, and that's when we go, man, it's a pre-existing, you know, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know. I don't know if it's that we're all connected. Our brain is super, super, you know, incredibly in, uh, malleable. And you just like told your body, let's get sick. I don't know what it is, but all I know is that the mind is super powerful. And what you think are going to be your results. So I would be talking to her about change that thought process. And then you would be changing not only her thoughts about it, but what about that technique? What should she be doing now in her training to offset that? Probably, I'll, I'll say this. The best thing that she did, and this is what we do with our, with all of our runners, is we're like, I'm like, let me see it. Let me see your movement. And you recognize, like, someone helping you with your movement, especially if you're going to be doing that movement for hours. Yeah. You know, and this always goes back to, for me anyway, there's really not many movements we do for hours. Yeah. You know, if you're a triathlete, yeah, there's, there's swimming and there's cycling. Well, I might stand if I'm a hairdresser. Well, no, no, but. no, but I'm talking about sports. <laughs> okay, sports, yeah, good point. Things I sign up for. Everything how, is quick. How many things do people generally sign up for that are hours? It's generally marathons, Ironmans, ultra-distance running, where you're going to do the same repetitive movement over and over and over and over again. And so what, what I want people to get, and this is what I talk to our runners about all the time, is if you're repeating the movement correctly, then ideally, as long as you can keep repeating that movement, you should be able to continue going. Right. So she was great because she sent me a video of the end of her run. Okay. <laughs> and so I was actually able to see what was going on. Right at the end movement. of her run. Yeah, okay, and, fantastic. And basically what happened is at the end of her movement, at the end of her, when her wheels came off. And by the way, she might have been doing this earlier, who knows. But she basically had both feet on the ground all the time. Okay. A lot of runners don't realize that they're doing that. And so what happens is it's, I call it looking for the ground. She was like putting her foot down and then, and then pulling the other one up. Okay. It's very tiring. Yeah. And, and you're not running anymore. 
Yeah. It's just a lot of effort. And she couldn't get back to, you know, feeling the fall pull. And so what, what I would love for, for someone to just stop and do a drill, you know, ball foot hop or do something and try to get back into the movement. So it is as simple as stopping, just yeah. getting into a ball foot hop, maybe finding a right. light pole and, and doing a couple nice, nice falls. falls. Yeah. You know, getting back into centering. Right. Maybe asking your friends, hey, give me, give me a couple minutes without talking. Let me just see if I can get back into this. If, yeah, if, if you felt like that was going Most of us have the physical capacity. What she wasn't, it wasn't her cardiovascular that was shutting down. It was literally like her legs were heavy and tired. Right. And it wasn't feeling good anymore. And so stop a second and get your muscle elasticity back. You know, and that's what we teach people. It's like, here's what running feels like. So, and then anyway, so what's going to happen next is instead of having her go out and do her 12 mile run, I'm going to have her do a shorter run. Okay. Um, and maybe even a double, you know, this is something a lot of people can start to do with them, with themselves is that if my body right now cannot handle more than seven miles or an hour and a half, right. or whatever that time is, then instead of trying to push it to go further, give it a break and give it two 30 minute blocks. That makes perfect sense. You so, know? so you're saying if I, you know, maybe I run in the morning and then I run at lunch yeah, or I run in the afternoon. Yeah. It, t- it thinks it's still an hour, right? But it thinks right, it's Right, because, out. again, just you guys have to remember that training and, you know, volume of training, the longer I do volume in one session, the more potential I have for injury and the more potential I have for fatigue, and then I need more recovery. Yeah. So more and more people are finding that instead of trying to do these hours, right? go out for one hour, go out for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then, yeah, go out later if you want. But I guarantee that the more you get your body used to even, oh, this is what running feels like, you think less about, like, uh, I don't feel like uh, right, right. when I go running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, it's just, it's also, that's another mind shift they have to do. They have to understand that the running for an hour, quote unquote, is really to train your mind on Correct. that race day that Correct. you're going to have to, you are going to have to not do 30 minutes, come back eight hours later and do 30 minutes. <laughs> you have to right. do I mean, the full eight hour, the full hour and a half at one time. But you do that on race day. Yes. You do that when, when it counts. Right. You know. And also, this is, a, I think, the biggest challenge, and you have to be really honest with yourself on this. And me, me I was really, um, <laughs> Dr. Romanoff actually said this to me. I don't have focus for marathon. Yeah. To hold your mind in hold form and connect with falling for four hours you know what i mean yeah totally that is intense guys and so for a lot of people your body during training is telling you at about an hour i'm getting lost yeah you know i'm just i'm not focused i'm not paying attention well and i think about that let's take it back to like if i'm driving on a long trip like i know you drive we we're both in texas so she she drives a lot more than me but um if I'm list, I'll get to a point where even if I'm listening to a to an audiobook or something, I'll I'll realize I didn't hear the last two chapters because I was zoning out. Right. You know, I'm I'm yes, I'm driving, but you're zoning. I'm not sleeping, but I'm like maybe I'm in an argument with my boss or I'm thinking about um, what I should have said to my husband when he pissed me off. You know, <laughs> ah, that would have been a better comeback. You know what I mean? So you you're not in the moment mm-hmm. of listening to that audiobook, and you're certainly not in the moment of driving down the highway. And that's usually when something happens, somebody cuts you off and, you know, wakes, it pops you out of that mm-hmm. zone, gets you, you know, out of right. the zone. But that's, that's what I'm, I think about when I think about can, can I hold that focus? Can I be present in my running? Or right. does my mind start thinking about 
what I need to do tonight. Oh, I got to remember to get, you know, pick up apple cider on the way home <laughs> from podcasting with Valerie. You know what I mean? Does right. my brain go into another realm where I'm no longer focused on what my body is doing in right. space? Right. So, and, and that takes time. That's like, that's almost meditative. Right. It takes focus. It takes... Which is really funny because you and I hate yoga. <laughs> well, that's a strong word. I don't hate yoga. Yeah. <laughs> anything I just don't it's not for me so. my mother used to say that don't say hey yeah. <laughs> but it's Thank it's you. true I don't it's, use I, I, dis- I don't she used use to say word. I dislike well and I don't even dislike it like yeah. I don't have any emotive with it. yeah it's well just, that makes that's just, good guys let's think about that it's just you don't not, have an emotive at all and when you don't have an emotive then you don't have an emotion with it that's actually a really good good point to it so yeah because do you have an emote about going out and running of course my my license plate says love to run yeah no but i'm talking about that to to our audience you have you have a great emote with loving to run right but do you have the emote of i'm i'm running because i have to i'm running because because i want to lose weight or whatever and right and i spent i don't know 10 years teaching uh, running to crossfits all over the country (laughs) and all i heard was i hate running i hate running and so I they really like, emoted about it. Yeah, very strongly. <laughs> Which, by the way, what's funny is if people don't like CrossFit, they hate it. Yeah. And I'm always like, why would you be that? Like, how could you really? This here's the thing. Like, I, I've taught a lot of fitness classes. Like, I really enjoy weight. I love weightlifting, too, by the way. Um, and so I, I'll, but I always think, I don't think about what I really like versus what I don't like. Right. You know what I mean? But now, to be fair... Um, I'm not one to sit for an hour in a yoga class. Right. However, we include a ton of self-care oh, yeah. in our program. And this is something I'll say, because I've done yoga, tried it, and all that good stuff. So that's why I respect it. Yeah. But I think yoga itself is also like a martial art. Like, it's something you study, and it's something you try to develop and get better. Right. Right? And a lot of runners, to be fair, will say, oh, I need to do yoga. And they say that because they know they need to stretch. Yeah. They yeah. don't need to do yoga. They just need they to need stretch. To stretch. <laughs> they need and to work on their a, mobility. And by the way, it's nothing against yoga. Yeah. It's just saying that what you need is to do mobility. What you right. need is to actually take that foam roll out of your closet and use it. Well, and I think <laughs> what's interesting is that they, and they don't, we don't even realize, I'm going to put myself in this category, is that we say, oh, I need to do yoga because really I need mobility and I need to stretch and I need to, to roll. But I know I'm not going to do it. So if I go to a class where they force me to do it, which is what's so funny because we will sign up for group runs, right? We'll go with our friends out of, and I'm, I'm going to do it because I'm going to meet Valerie at nine. So I'm going to do it, right? Or I'm going to sign up for this yoga class. But then we say, okay, come into a membership where you can have other people kind of hold you accountable. Right. Right. And understand what you're feeling um, when you when when you do find that fall and when you are able to hold it for oh my god I held it for a uh, one mile thirty minutes whatever it was and it felt fantastic right. you know nobody else can understand that right. I, I, even when I wasn't running correctly if I came home and was like oh that was a great run my husband didn't care right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second um, you were talking about uh, having a motive about something we talked about this on Friday this this preconceived notion that we have that we don't want to try something like oh I can't do that like I you know try this oh but then then people immediately tell you well well I've tried that or I've done this or I I didn't do that but I did something really similar and they think it's the same so from a coaching perspective 
um, how do I how do I get out of that mindset and how do I how do I not emote about it or how do I what's some what's some advice you could give me as from a coaching perspective or even as a as a runner to stop cutting myself off from those ideas well that is definitely the one of the biggest challenges I face um, as a running coach and always have and here's and, and I think first of all people um, don't realize they're doing it so that's first of all like you have to first be aware that you're blocking yourself yeah. from learning something new or even listening you know so and you know Caroline this is funny so she she's noticing now because she's also uh, takes a class that I coach at the gym it's not a running class um, and when people listen to coaching advice say like from their trainer for a movement right well they totally respect their trainer enough to yeah. say you know what you're the trainer I hired you show me how to do this movement right, right? tell like, me how to do this squat or yeah, this, this push-up right or right use then, this machine and also you're as your coach if while you're doing this the squat or the push-up or whatever you're doing if they say to you hey you know squeeze your glutes or pull your stomach back or you know get your head up you you correct yourself and you think oh I'm so glad they're paying attention to me and making sure or I'm breathe doing, out as you push whatever, the barbell up <laughs> whatever the cue is you are respecting this coach yeah. to teach you, and you have to do it with the mindset of whatever it is they're saying right now, I'm open to listening. Yeah. Because if the coach says, you know, you really need to hold your shoulders over your hips, and right now your shoulders are forward, you're bending, and you just keep saying, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Well, why would I waste my time telling you, right? Yeah. But for most of us in a group setting or a one-on-one -on -one coaching setting, we thrive on getting direction. Yeah. Every fitness class I've taught, every CrossFit class I've coached, and I owned a gym for years and years, people loved it. They wanted me to correct them. They wanted to make sure they'd be like, God, am I doing it right? Am I doing it correctly? Except for running. Yeah. As soon as you start discussing running, with there's a self-conscious, there's like an, maybe the, maybe because for all of our life, we've heard just go running, but there's an immediate block. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean I don't know how to run? What do you mean I'm doing? Well, and that's what, that's what happened to us. Uh, you were correcting one of the, one of the um, other students on running, and you mentioned breathing, and she immediately went, well, I breathe this way. That's why I was joking about the breathing. Right, like, right. if you corrected me in my breathing, if you had corrected her in her breathing while she was lifting a barbell mm -hmm. and said, no, you're holding your breath, you need to push out, right? right? Let that air out to, to exert the effort, if that's even the correct way of, of what I'm describing. But if you gave her a correction in her barbell, she would not have questioned you. But here you were talking about how to breathe when you run. You're an expert at it. And she immediately came back with, well, I do work on my breathing. I've been working on my breathing. Blah, 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 blah. I breathe from my stomach, all this stuff. Totally, I, I love that she's having the conversation about breathing, but this was not the time, was what I thought. Well, but, and also, though, you see, she got defensive. Right, she cut, you, like, she, she cut it off. She took it as I... I don't know maybe didn't think she was breathing correctly and, and honestly guys it's the same thing it's like I'm a terrible student and when I used to and you know I've worked on it too when I used to get coached by Dr. Romanoff I was the coach so having someone coach me I used to say to him what do you mean I am falling <laughs> or I mean I am, I am bending my knees and, and I <laughs> right so I mean so I've been there and I know what that that sensation is because you're you're thinking your perception your thought is I am doing what you're saying. Right. And as the coach, all you're thinking of is how do I word it so she understands what I'm saying? Or, you know, the, 
this is the constant thing, So right? that she can feel it almost with your Correct. words. And then the challenge is because, guys, remember, when you're coaching someone in place, you can completely correct them. They're standing there in front of you. Yeah. When they leave to go running, you have to make sure that they've understood what they're supposed to feel while they're moving. Yeah. And, and if we have, like, it's amazing, but you really do. You have to free your mind for running or you're never going to free fall. If you're trying to control every aspect of movement, you're not running. Yeah. And so that that's what we try to help you guys with. And, and we're type A, too. We're control freaks. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, know. guys. Um, if you haven't already, please go to the um, Apple Podcast Store and write us a five-star review. That's how we help other runners know who we are. And share this podcast out with your friends and family. We'd really love to go up the charts. Um, a lot of the, the running uh, podcasts that are out there just – just don't have the, the je ne sais quoi that Valerie and I do. So I hope you lo- like what we're sharing and I hope you'll share us with your friends and family and other runners. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the RunRx podcast. If you'd like to know more, join us at www.runnerx.fit. And if you have additional questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, email us at support at runnerx.fit. 